0: world schooling, unschooling, alternative schooling, homeschooling, or just creating a whole new style of learning. Welcome to Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids. I'm Robin Robertson, and I'm the creator and host of this podcast. And if you don't know me already and you're just tuning in, I'm also a home-educating parent to two. Actually, we unschool, our family unschools, and our kids are now teenagers. So we've been on this journey as of, this is October 2022, uh, 10 years and counting. And it looks different every year every month as our children grow and as we grow as parents and people as well. So before we get into this next episode, which I really enjoyed with Michael Statton of CoLearn, I just want to give a shout out to some wonderful patrons who have been part of really supporting the show and Helping all of the wonderful, wonderful things that I'm able to do with the show. Add more episodes. Have a wonderful editor um, and expand the community. It's really so much because of the patrons that have been supporting this podcast. So just so you know, if you go to patreon.com slash honey, I'm homeschooling the kids, you can also become part of the Patreon community. And within the Patreon community, you have access to my downloads, additional videos, other interviews that I do with others or that I'm featured on. Um, Sometimes I'll just sit down and record a special video to answer a question. We also do, I do a live Q&A session at the end of every month via Zoom with patrons and access to episodes that sometimes don't come to air actually on the show or that are previews to what will be airing on the show and coming up. So go to patreon.com slash honey, I'm homeschooling the kids to join, to learn more and really to help support the show. And I'll also have the link in my show notes. So I just want to give a shout out to a few patrons. I don't want to get behind on my shout out. So I want to say a special thank you to Alexis Foray. And I hope I pronounce the last names correctly. Sarah Colonin. Sarah, Sarah I've worked with. She's wonderful. Thank you so much for your support, Sarah. Lanisha or Lanisha Wida. Logan, Sherry, and Sarah Krosniak. I just wanted to give those shout-outs. Thank you so much for your support. I'll continue to give additional shout-outs in the next episode and as we continue because um, really our Patreon community has grown and continues to grow, and that's what I love, to offer that support. And one of the ways that I continue to offer support to the community is through my club, Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids, on Clubhouse, on the Clubhouse app. And that club still offers discussion sessions or rooms three times per week. So I suggest you check it out. We talk about all things homeschooling, unschooling, learning, childhood, children, play, parenting, all of those foundations and factors that support the lifelong learning journey. And I mentioned Clubhouse as well, and I'll put the link in the show notes to my club on Clubhouse. But I mention it because the guest for this episode, Michael Statton, that's how he and I originally connected. We were newbies on that app, and it was like a fun time. And I got a chance to be in some rooms with him. And I was like, oh, this he's doing a lot in education and education tech. It turns out he's an ed tech guru in California. And I'm just thankful that I had a chance to meet and connect with him um, because he's done some Pretty cool things in the ed tech industry. He's a former educator himself, and he still continues to create amazing things in the ed tech industry and in supporting specifically homeschoolers and self-directed learners. So I think you'll love this episode. I also want to give a shout out to CoLearn, who he's a founder of, because they were one of one of our wonderful sponsors for the How to Be an Awesome Homeschooler Summit. It was a great fit. It is a great fit, and. Michael, his platform, we talk about what they're creating, how they want to continue supporting homeschoolers, unschoolers, and self-directed learners, how they hope to help shape education in the future. And we even talked about some work and job possibilities for home-educating parents. So if you are a home-educating parent that wants to continue doing that and possibly work from home, uh, and you see a way that you'd like to support others in your community, listen to this episode because Michael shares the collaboration they're looking for, and the support that they offer. So enjoy the episode and looking forward to hearing some feedback on it. All right. So welcome. Today on the show, I have Michael Statton, the founder of COLERn. Welcome very much, Michael. Hi.
1: Thanks for having me. love I'm your very- community and uh, all, all the thoughts you put out in the world.
0: Thank you. I appreciate you being here today. So I'm excited for this interview. Michael and I have already had a previous conversation. I also want to note, too, that Michael's that he's a founder of CoLearn, but he's also a former classroom educator turned ed tech guru. And we were also very grateful that CoLearn was one of our sponsors for How to Be an Awesome Homeschooler Summit. And I think it actually fits really well, because if you're wondering about CoLearn, co is actually what it's doing is redesigning the school experiences around families for an era of remote and hybrid work which is actually what mm-hmm. we need for present day and what I love about it it's bridging the unconventional education approaches which you know I love <laughs> and great schools yeah. to create a new learning experience with the family at the heart which I think truly is what's important and that's how we can get the unique learning journeys out of it so I'm really excited totally. to talk with you today about, really, about where education is going, how you want to impact education and support families in their own unique learning journeys.
1: Perfect. Okay. Sounds great. That's my, my, my favorite topic, of course. That's your jam.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Good.
1: That's yes, my jam. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> All right. So maybe we can start a little bit of as, go backwards. And Yeah before we come to the now with you creating and founding CoLearn, um first like how education why are you you know how did you get into this space i, we, I said you were you were a former classroom educator where mm-hmm. did that begin and why why did you go into classroom yeah. education
1: uh I, I you know it's kind of uh the family trade to be honest um so my my father was a professor of educational leadership. He's the head of the department at the University of Houston, and what that meant was he spent all day, every day, training professional educators to become professional administrators and system leaders. Um, and so, you know, I think a lot of a lot of parents, you know. Bring their kids to work sometimes, or or have them come to different events where you're supposed to sit still and you get to go eat a bunch of cookies while you go. What is going on in this <laughs> world? Um, so for for me, it was I was around high school b- principals and superintendents and educators, and then my stepfather. Uh, as I got older, was the superintendent of schools of the school district that I was in. So. <laughs> that was always a little awkward with, you know, my teachers and principal trying to tell me I should probably be in trouble, but nepotism prevails, right? Um, Yeah. So, yeah, as I finished out a master's degree in economic development, I was studying how do you make an impact in the world? How do you have the greatest good for the greatest number of people? And I had assumed going into college, it was like joining the World Bank and financing development projects and by the end of it i had kind of studied myself into not really believing in (laughs) development finance and uh and i was like well what do i believe in and i was like i believe in education and entrepreneurship and i didn't even know what entrepreneurship was i had never really said the word before but when i was studying what makes societies thrive it felt like um being able to create businesses being able to create jobs being able to you know that that's really quote where the wealth of nations, uh, you know, comes from. And so I was like, education, entrepreneurship; those are the big levers. And um, you can't get a job as an entrepreneur. <laughs> you got to figure out <laughs> no, something. You and
0: yeah, you got to create your you, own. You, yeah.
1: you, you can't. <laughs> you, can, you can get a job as an as an educator. And um, you know, my first year, I I feel a little. Bad that I was their teacher, the teacher to those kids, because I just did not do that well my first year. <laughs> it was That's a struggle. So. <laughs> it's a good question. I mean, I think a lot of first year teachers will sympathize. It's just, it, it's such a multifaceted job, and doing it well requires a kind of real time muscle memory you know, we right. you have to like react to things in real time and prioritize things in real time and know how to handle all the situations, you know? Um, and I just didn't have that muscle memory at all. And, you know, I came with big ideas and a lot of idealism and I taught in, you know, what was statistically the lowest performing school in Houston. And, um, and then there was the reality that I was trying to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Um, and, uh, it just required me to a commit to continual improvement. Um, B realize that really great ideas often fail in implementation. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that I tried to do really good ideas every day. Um, uh, and so really focus on the implementation, uh, side, um, And I ended up noticing a tension uh, that remains unresolved in our public schools and frankly, probably most schools at all, which is that we say we're trying to uh, teach kids how to think and how to learn, and we want them to be independent learners that will Uh, if it's right for them and we hope it's right for everybody go off to college and succeed where they're going to have to be independent learners because a lot of the scaffolding and routines and it disappears, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. kids go off into college and, 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 um, you know, on average, uh, a lot of kids just don't do that well in college. It takes yeah. a long time to graduate. If they graduate, I think something like almost 40% of people that start college don't end up graduating. So
0: a big number actually. I,
1: yeah, I think so I was um I was just noticing that the curriculum as I was given it and was supposed to implement it, I, I felt was doing the opposite of creating independent learners that could think for themselves and could thrive in college because it was worksheets, fill out the blanks, Scantron multiple choice tests, um, and homework regimes and grading regimes that like don't really exist in college and definitely don't exist in life. Right. And, um, so I ended up kind of uh like every teacher does recreating the wheel um and i recreated my version of a wheel that i was really proud of that i felt helped build the independent study habits and independent study skills where they could succeed um later in life and in college especially in college and i started an after school program and a summer camp that was kind of like the uh, inverse of Princeton review and Kaplan. It wasn't about studying for the test and getting into college. It was about making sure that you had the skills and habits to succeed when you were there. Um, awesome.
0: How did that go over? How did that do?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it wasn't, I, I, I maxed out a credit card and made a cool website. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, no, I did. Uh, I did a summer program uh, with a dozen kids that um, Junior Achievement sent my way and they paid me a little bit of money for it. And then the after school program, actually, the district needed after school activities for kids. And they were like, why don't you make it an after school program? We'll pay you. And I was like, cool. So I had like, um two different rooms. Another teacher paired with me and we had, I don't know, 50, 60 kids that kind of used it as a study hall, but it was like a scaffolded study hall with like academic coaching and skills development. Um,
0: awesome. I, I, so, I, asked, I, mean, I asked, how did yeah. it do? Cause I'm almost wondering, did everyone understand the point of it, the purpose of it? like did the kids res- they say okay i get this did parents were parents like yes this is i i understand this or was it the opposite where they didn't quite get it and they just still use it for a tool to get better to get into st- college to regurgitate kind of the the same thing again
1: yeah i i i um it's a good question and i feel like people didn't get it the way that I thought they would. Mm. Um, And uh, students would do it because they wanted to do well in class. And uh, parents went along with it because it was a good way to make sure their kids were doing their homework before they came home. Um, uh, Of course, I had some parents and some students that got it immediately. What ended up happening is for my students in my history classes, government economics. Uh, we, it, the first four weeks of adapting to the way that I did things, um, was, well, it was adapting. Um, and it wasn't until really a month in that they started understanding like this class is really different. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, like they got to decide Uh, They got to decide what work they wanted to do. Um, All I did was tell them where we are in the the book and come up with cool collegiate sounding lectures. (laughs) And they would have to look, they would have to basically study for themselves and they would have to grade themselves as well. Um, So uh, I, that set of ideas, uh, I said, I maxed out a credit card. Um the funny thing is you know life is unexpected sometimes so one of the things that I I did is I printed too many cool t-shirts with a ninja reading a book on it and it, <laughs> I thought it looked really cool and I had too many so I sent some to my friends that I had met when I was college age and um one of those friends had uh left his cool uh wall street job in in New York in 2006 to join a little startup called Facebook. And mm-hmm. he um, he reached out to me and said, oh, you seem very entrepreneurial. You should uh, think about working in tech and moving out to Palo Alto. I didn't know where Palo Alto was. Um, and uh, he introduced me to an organization that liked what I was doing and hired me to come out to Palo Alto. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's, my, that's my, like tech- my T-shirt my my t-shirt surplus you know i blew you know i maxed out a credit card had a t-shirt surplus didn't know where it was going to go or if it was going to go anywhere and then it ended up leading to everything else so there you go
0: okay okay i love that i love that story as well and i love how you saw early on it's interesting because we do often say that schools are trying to support independent learners and And thinkers, but it's set up very differently. The structure doesn't really allow that at all. Okay.
1: I I have yet to visit a college or find a teacher that says they teach thinking and critical thinking. And then when you try to kind of like open under the hood and see what it is they do to do that, can actually explain how they do it or show you how they do it. There are teachers that do, but they generally do it by like modeling Mm -hmm. or like exploring or just giving space or provoking. There's rarely like a a systematic approach where anybody can explain exactly how it is they teach independent learning skills or uh, critical thinking skills. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. Actually, I absolutely agree. Okay, so that was your beginning in um yeah. outside of the traditional education structure, your ninja t-shirts took you on a different path and then they did they mm-hmm. take you straight to CoLearn? How did how did you get from no, oh, no, no, CoLearn no. and how CoLearn came to be?
1: Yes, yeah, so um my friend at Facebook, I kind of realized how important Facebook was going to be and they mm-hmm. created uh, a way to make an app on Facebook and Uh, I stood in line to buy an iPhone, like the first weekend, weekend, you could do that. And I kind of understood that mobile would be cool, uh, and big. And so I started building software for, for Facebook and mobile, and it ended up becoming a company that was backed by, uh, some people. If you're out here, you would know who they are, but whatever. And uh, also the Gates Foundation to try to build a new kind of like social network for colleges that um, helped with the enrollment process and then uh, made sure that students got like plugged in and found activities and made friends and whatnot. Um, so um yeah I was an entrepreneur CEO uh, and had a lot of fun uh, and my habit at the time was to just, meet as many awesome people as I could and help them out if I could. And I got a reputation in education in San Francisco, where if you said education, technology, innovation in the same breath, like people would say, Oh, you should go talk to Michael. Mm -hmm. So I ended up, um, I ended up becoming an investor, which I've never to this day taken a single finance class in my life. Right um and so I started in uh, working at a firm called learn Capital co-learn learn capital it's actually coincidental but um learn capital <laughs> and um they had invested in companies like Edmodo um class Sojo udemy already and then I joined them and together we invested in like you know a hundred plus uh, um uh, education companies, so companies like Coursera, Outschool, mm-hmm. um, All Nearpod, ones yep. yeah, yeah, Cle- Clever. I, I, I personally invested in Clever, the firm didn't, but um, so yeah, um, uh, uh one of the one of the companies we supported was a, a a team of a couple of Croatian people that had created this mobile app that seemed to be taking off, and it's still one of the most popular ones, photo math. It's the way that like uh, kids in high school get through their math classes. So um Okay. Anyway, I got invited I got I got invited to speak at a homeschool conference and the theme was uh tech you should be aware of, right? Um and are a couple hundred homeschool families. I was just one little piece of like a really great weekend and I learned more in that weekend about where education was going than in a number of years, looking at every education, you know, app there was to look at. Um, And parents came up to me afterwards, and most of them were already aware of, like, DIY.org. And most of them were already aware of, um, uh, well, I don't know. Like, out school was there, you know, like um, of of these different options for them. But they came to me and they still had challenges, issues, problems that they wanted to talk to me about and say, "What? What do you have for that?" And I realized that making the decision to opt out of formal school because you want something better and different for your family. Is such a courageous is such an act of courage, um, and those courageous parents are n- not very well supported by anything I saw anybody doing, um, and I felt like they deserved um that kind of support. One of the one of my reflections after that weekend was, wow, I've looked at like two thousand apps in education and I've met with like them personally, and I can't really think of a single technology that's built around parents. It's like, it's all built around, it's built around students. It's built around teachers. It's built around schools. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, um, and I was like, wow, how did we miss that? That actually parents care about their children, you know. (laughs) And you know, like (laughs) did did we miss that? that? Yes. (laughs) How did we miss that? You know? Um and um and anyway, I just thought it was a really exciting uh uh community. Um, I thought the energy there was great, and I felt like I had found like the homebrew computer club, which is um was just a, it's like a membership club that like Apple and a number of other companies like spun out of because people were getting together and figuring out what to do with computers. Um, I felt like I had found that for, for education. So, uh, it's been a journey to figure out how I can best, um, be of service and support.
0: Okay, so you, you saw the you saw the whole that parents there was all of this amazing ed tech happening these these other creations, but you saw the whole, that parents weren't being directly supported. So yeah, then, so then is that how CoLearn came about? So what exactly is CoLearn? And and yeah, going yeah. on that theme, how does it even support parents? How does it fill that gap?
1: Yeah, um, well, you know we're we're our journey is just beginning. Um, uh, we have, uh, the vision was to build the set of technology tools needed to have active flourishing co-learning communities. Okay. And I use co-learning communities because, um, uh, one of the talks that day in, in that conference that I remember was why are we still calling it homeschool? We're not at home and it's not school. Totally. Uh, Co-working came along and made a cool brand and trend around a ragtag bunch of independent contractors, startups, and small businesses, and people just with no office. So why why isn't co-learning a thing and when will co-learning become like our thing right and then as I got as I got into the the homeschooling communities I realized there's just so many nuances right it's like well oh, we we unschool or we do this mm-hmm. or we do that and it's, it sorry. feels like this we kind of like yeah 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 if it, it, it feels like this kind of strange I, I factionalism or something yes. um and and actually everybody it's a, it's a vibrant community and everybody appreciates and respects everybody else and they cooperate and collaborate. Um, and so the, we, we just don't have good words, right. To Mm -hmm. unite everybody. And I felt like, yeah, co-learning. Yeah, we should, we should all be co-learning. I want to co-learn. I want my kids to co-learn. Let's all co-learn. Um, so, um, so we're trying to build free technology tools for the co-learning community. Um, which includes anyone who thinks they're homeschooling, unschooling, world schooling, road schooling, whatever. Anybody trying to uh, provide the best education for their kids and doing a lot of work outside of official systems. Um, From from my perspective, you could be co-learning and have your kids enrolled in a school. It just requires fully engaged parents that are actively pursuing the best for their family um, and are engaged in their community to do so. So um, uh, we have focused the technology around trying to build a new kind of planner um, and record keeper. Um, so if you go to com, there's a free planner there. And uh, I found that most parents were still using good old pen and paper. They weren't sure if they were doing it right. It was a big kind of mess. Um, some were really happy with it. Some of them were like, Wait, aren't isn't the internet supposed to have something that I could use? Right. <laughs> um, uh, you know, depending on how tech savvy or tech leaning they were, um, and you know, there are some homeschool planners, um, and uh, two of them in particular, I think, are pretty robust. But I, you know, I've been doing like been around design and making apps for quite some time, and I kind of felt like we could do something interesting, different, better. Um, and then uh, part of it is it making resource discovery easier. So like there are all these apps out there in the world, which of them should you be using for for which child and which context for what subject. And um, so we've kind of married resource discovery and putting resources to work within the planner in a way that I think is unique. Yeah. Um, The parents that really give it an effort and really start using it, really enjoy it. We definitely have a bit of a curve on making it, uh, something that people automatically want to use, but, um, anyway, so, but that's free. Mm -hmm. And then we wanted to build, um, support programs for parents that are either curious about co-learning, uh, but would need some help to get started or for, uh, for families that, um, are still kind of finding their way or even potentially for, uh, some, quite a number of families that work with us. Uh, they've been doing it for quite a while, but, um, and they know what they're doing. They don't have any lack of confidence, but something has changed where they just don't have as much time as they used to, Mm -hmm. or their kid is older and what their kids are going through. Maybe they feel like they don't have everything they need to be fully supportive. Um, So we have a kind of home education support program. And then I noticed that there are, there is a libertarian edge in the homeschooling com- community uh, or co-learning yeah. community.
0: Autonomy and that very, pur- yeah,
1: yeah, that very purposefully wants nothing to do with what school is. Yeah, um, but but uh, uh, I found that the average parent that was homeschooling, unschooling, road schooling, you know, all, the the co-learning, mm-hmm. um, the average parent actually kind of missed some of the support structure of a school. Right. Some of the consistent socialization, some of the additional programming. Um, you know, and and I was like, well, you kind of you kind of want school, but you don't want school. It's like you want flexibility, (laughs) autonomy, agency, but right. And and like nobody's really designed a school around what these kinds of families want need and are going through. And, uh, we, we set out to say, what if we could, uh, of course, because I was a public school teacher, um, what if we could be actually a fully accredited charter school that was free right. that also had the design principles of putting families at the center and being flexible and allowing parents to make all the important decisions that they want to make and choose their own adventure and be able to design personalized learning pathways around each learner, meeting them where they are at and helping them grow. So those being our first kind of design principles, like we were like, let's see if we can do it. Luckily, the state of Arizona is willing to approve schools that have not existed. Most states will not approve a school that has not been in operation for some time,
0: Interesting. right? Interesting, okay. Are you feeling overwhelmed, have any doubts about this homeschooling or unschooling journey? Are you looking for support? Are you considering taking this natural learning path or maybe you're already on it, but you've just kind of come to a standstill? a little bit of burnout, or you're just at a loss at what to do next, overwhelmed with all of these choices and what direction to go. Sometimes maybe you just need a little support or someone to reach out to an inspiration from someone that lives outside of your direct family circle. Well, I get it. I totally do. Over the nine years and counting of taking charge of our own learning journey, my family has been through the highs and the lows, the doubts and uncertainties, the naysayers, and all the paperwork. And I know I started repeating school at home as best as I could until it just didn't work any longer for our family. There were tears from both myself and my kids. There were arguments and standstills. But... There were things that were working. And as I started to look at what was working, I realized that as I loosened my hold on what I thought learning should be, what it should look like, and I began to trust my children in the process, things began to turn around. So if you're at a similar point, if you're looking for connection, encouragement, a place to more clearly envision your family's natural learning life, your homeschooling and unschooling life, then you've come to the right place. And I'm offering even more support for you, direct support, this fall. Every year, I host a small group masterclass for homeschooling and unschooling parents that are looking to start or redefine their family's home learning journey. This masterclass is intentionally kept small, maximum of 12 people, because I want parents to feel comfortable and safe to share, to ask questions, and to be heard. We meet live over Zoom each week over the course of one month, and at the end of each weekly session you receive the private recordings. Plus, I'm in touch with you through the week, as well as having access to additional resources for this class that I've created that will help you along this journey in the month and for the years to come as well. So if you're interested in my Homeschooling with Purpose Masterclass, reach out, DM me, Email me, Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, at I'm Homeschooling, that's imhomeschoolin com, or go to my website, to my contact page, and reach out to me there. Let me know, and you can get on the wait list. We begin the last Sunday of September. We meet for one month, so if you're interested in, DM me, email me, contact me through my website or social media. The waitlist is now open and stay tuned for more information to come as well. I, I always take some notes too, and, and these are the words I've circled. And let me know if I'm off on this when it comes to what you saw was missing and what you wanted to create for supporting homeschoolers. Flexible, accessible, support, community, and resources.
1: Yes, that sounds right.
0: And so you, got, um, you, got, you I would brought this all the, together I, I on would, a digital platform. But sorry, add in are, you're going to. that
1: that that is the that is the journey that we are on. Yes, uh, does it does it does it do it right now uh, the way that I would like it to? I'm um, you know we're working on it. Um, what I can say is that parent parents that have worked with us have thought that the way that we Come to understand their family, uh, um, do different kinds of assessment to understand where their learners are, um, offer um, certain diagnostics to maybe identify issues that they've been noticing but haven't really clarified, okay. and then come in with supports, recommendations, and resources. That process um parents have described as like totally unique to us and is like the opposite of any other school that they have been a part of or any other support program they have been a part of right um so um so yeah but uh another key word I would add in there is like the ability to remix
0: what are we remixing uh uh,
1: well it's unconventional approaches and high quality school and I know your listeners can't um, see this and you've disabled screen sharing, but, um, I can,
0: What I can do I is I can sh- add screen sharing on and then usually if there's video, I share it with my Patreon community. Um, so, okay, so then if you are listening and you'd like to see the video and any of the podcast episodes that have some video, um, you, my Patreon community always has access to the video. So that will be shared in there.
1: So I made this kind of goofy illustration to, to say, this is how That's we want parents to feel, you know, this is how we want parents to feel yeah. like they have the ability to remix um, what great schools and what the internet and what co-learning communities have to offer to, yeah. you know, to, to provide the kind of uh, experience that their family needs, wants, deserves, right?
0: Can you put that back up for a second? I'm just going to explain it a little bit. And I also want to, you know, kind of talk about how, what I see. So Michael has this graphic and on the top, it says we empower parents to remix the best the internet has to offer, creating a customized learning experience for their family. And there's like a homeschool mom DJ in the center at like her DJ booth, ready to remix holding records. I like it. It's good. Unconventional approaches on one side high-quality school on the other side. And I think one of the other great things about it that's key is, you know, you're talking about the best the internet has to offer. Um, You know, school traditionally has also been like this brick-and-mortar place that you have to go and be in and spend certain hours and sit in for a long time. And really, like, our world, especially after COVID more so, um, because people experienced experienced it, people are... Mobile. They are their their hours are flex now. They where they work is different. Um, some companies don't want the overhead of a location, so they want more of their employees to work from home. Many homeschoolers and unschoolers are entrepreneurs or have their own businesses or are part of a business as well. So that looks different. And I do think as well. And I mean, you know this better than me because you work in the tech space that. The brick and mortar education, brick and mortar school, has not caught up to where we are with technology and mobility today. Like Mm -hmm. it's just lagging behind, and it's hard because the old structure of that school, it has like it's it's it can't be versatile and flexible and quick and adaptable because it's like you know, it's that cog slowly turns. And when you put anything, any branch in it, it really just kind of messes it all up. Right. So I know I think that's Uh something as well that and I'm sure you probably see that, especially on the West Coast, in the hub of like Silicon Valley in that area where life and learning is just looks so different from like from when I was in school, even when I was in university. Mm-hmm. It looks like I think like my 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 background is actually international business marketing. And that was my original mm-hmm. major. And what I learned back then is like the world's different. Like I would expect and hope that if I went back into that major in classroom now in a university, that it would reflect mm-hmm. On today, like the changes, the you know, the tech, the I mean, uh, social media and the internet didn't exist. Like, when I remember being in university and being excited about something called Hotmail, and I was like,
1: What? Hotmail.
0: hotmail, it blew my mind. And I was like, You mean, like, my friend introduced it to me. I'm like, You mean this is free and we can like email each other anywhere, and I don't have to be sitting in, like, I can go, you know, it was just like, No way it was revolutionary and like that was my university experience i went to a class an afternoon they like they there was a lunchtime class talking about something called email and how to use it and what it does and it was like open yeah, anybody could go and i was like well why wouldn't i go i'm going to go check this out there was probably maybe 10 of us in there like hardly anybody went and they talked about late at all how the college has this email system and everything like that mm-hmm. and then a few years later like there was hotmail and so i like, think how different that is to what we have now <laughs> and the accessibility totally. and the resources on hand and how we can build how you and i could talk like this and mm-hmm. we're in different countries different time zones as well
1: so i I have a grand theory on this. If Great. you're if you're all right with yes, grand absolutely. theories, yes, absolutely. I right? am
0: definitely share it.
1: So, well, and it is it is ironic because actually schools were a lot of the uh, best original customers for Apple computers, right? Right for. Yeah. Uh, for computers like schools, schools and universities bought computers before many people had computers. I mean, the Internet was invented at universities. Right. Yes. Um, so. Um, uh, but these these systems that we have um, are, uh, I think, in if you study bureaucracy, they use the word ossified, which is basically mm-hmm. like they they kind of like harden into their own structures. So I think we're in this like ossified uh, situation with our school systems that are designed around classrooms. They're not designed around students. They're not designed around students. They're not designed around really anything. They're designed around a classroom. And then how many classrooms can we stack and put in the hallway And the reason we have a classroom is a legacy fact of life that is no longer true, which is the only way to get information to kids is to have a teacher in front of them, right? right? So that was true. So we made these classrooms. We designed our buildings around the classrooms. Then our neighborhoods were designed around, you know, access to schools. Yep. And I was, I was, um so I think that, you know, billions of families around the world live in like a subtle subconscious tyranny where they have to design their whole life around living near a good school, having access to that school, yep. making sure the kids go come home, do their homework, make the grade, you know, have good behavior. And so many family dynamics and social dynamics in our society that we would rather not have are actually side effects of that design, right?
0: 100%. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right? Right siblings don't get along why because this one dresses different and listens to different music than that one why because they're in different grades they made different friends right like you know parents can't have authentic conversations with their kids anymore because their kids think they have no idea what's going on because they've got this whole world at school the parent knows nothing about totally right yeah you know (laughs) and so there there are just these these sub these facts of life we treat as facts, but they were actually designed. Yeah. Right. And so we think schools are designed around classrooms. Our education system is designed around the number of schools and classrooms. We're trying to design, redesign education around families. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we are starting with and trying to be supportive of families that are kind of taking matters into their own hands and are co-learning pursuing unconventional approaches
0: I love it yeah I love it and then is there is there as well the community aspect of connecting those families or is it kind of a, each family is a separate entity
1: It's funny every month our design and engineering team and our, and our just general team is like, you know, we're going to have to rebuild like chat and messaging. And like, we're basically going to have to rebuild Facebook groups. Right. And I'm like, fighting with Facebook groups is a losing battle. We don't need to do it. But it comes up all the time, which is just, there, there's still a connection and community and information sharing that is not, uh happening the way people wanted to in co-learning communities there is a need for it we decided to start with a planner because we felt like if we get parents using a planner then we will know what their kids are up to and mm. and and like what resources they're using and then and parents will be using it almost every day so then when we try to connect parents you've got people already to connect right, right I guess. so uh yeah. yeah but um within our our home education support programs and our uh our colearn academy our school uh essentially it's kind of like um long form always on out school where it's like we have we have classes and clubs and activities um and different learning apps that kids use together. And so kids do get to know each other. We do field trips at least once a month in person in Arizona. Uh, we do virtual t- field trips once a week, which anybody can participate in. Um, so uh, I would say that uh, the parents who uh, are parents of, of children that are enrolled in co Academy or accessing our home education support programs, they do feel like there's a sense of community. If you go and use the app, if you go and use our planner, it's not going to create a sense of community yet. Um, You know, what we hope to do with that is whenever I would talk to a parent who was thinking about co-learning or started co-learning, what they really wanted to know was what is a family like me doing? A family right. like ours doing, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, you know. That,
0: That's what I wanted to know parent, when I first started and yeah. why I started this podcast. Yeah. What are other families right. like?
1: Yeah. What, are there like, other families like, like us? Like, yeah, yeah. Are there other families like us? If so, what are they doing? Yeah. And uh, if they're doing something that works, let me know about it, right? Right. And, and I I felt like the value of a planner is not that you would have a cool planner, Robin, right <laughs> I mean it's I mean if we can give you a cool planner and it works for you and your family yeah. cool right we love the utility of um, um,
0: creating that but, resources accessibility
1: but when you're when you're planning, if we have lots of parents using the planner, we can reveal, hey families like yours use this for math or right. families like yours go here you know for science um and that kind of stuff and you know we could even have like a directory that's that's like oh families kind of like you somewhat nearby right yeah um so we we have uh, we have designs and screenshots for this but uh the reality is that uh uh thinking of it is pretty quick designing it takes a little while and then building it and maintaining it as technology is um it's just a process right and and we're still early on it so but I I look I look forward to the moment in which learning plans for kids and a day-to-day week-to-week planner for parents and community kind of like harmonize right Mm, yeah and you know yeah,
0: absolutely. So I do want to say, you know, we're talking about this planner and I will have co-learn links in the show notes as well so that you can actually, if you're curious, if you want to check it out, you can go and use this planner yourself for every parent listening to this. But also, I do know that CoLearn is also looking for feedback as well on this.
1: Oh, yeah. No, so definitely looking for feedback. It, yeah,
0: they would appreciate feedback because as we're talking, you know, as y- you probably understand, CoLearn is building and expanding and going through those phases. So to get better and to build, they need feedback from homeschooling parents, unschooling parents as well that have used these things. So if you get a chance, to- definitely check out totally the program, try it and give feedback to CoLearn.
1: Well, can can I give an anecdote as to why we Please, we need yes. that feedback? Yeah, right. Um. So uh, uh, the the planner works really well for a, a parent who plans a week ahead. Okay. And, uh, you know, we're working with uh, at least a hundred parents pretty actively. And the feedback a lot of them gave is, mm, I never really follow my plan. Right. Um, or they say like, I don't actually want to plan ahead. Like my family's kind of organic and spontaneous. Like we have a routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like we do fun stuff every day and we want that to count for learning. And so we're like, well, we knew we wanted to get into kind of record keeping and the ability to have kind of like data rich. I, transcripts is not the right word, but like, what did we do with our year? Here's what we did with our year. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, kind of a thing. Um, but we were like, yeah, I mean, how hard would it be to make it? So you, instead of planning ahead, you just journal entry, what's happening.
0: Mm.
1: And we we've already come up with designs for that. And like a good half of the parents that are not planners are like really excited about it because they would rather journal what happens organically than, than plan ahead. So. hey okay. And and it require it requires those parents kind of being, you know, telling us like I wouldn't use it the way that you're thinking I would use it, right? right. Absolutely. So,
0: okay. But, yeah. So that yeah. feedback is important. Okay. I love that. And and mm-hmm. that I it is funny because so many things you say, I'm like, yeah, I'm that kind of parent for sure. Like, you know, as yeah, yeah. it's happening because I don't want to be stuck to this plan. So the sure. other huh?
1: Sure. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. So yep. I want to make sure as well, too, that um, as we're also getting to our time, I would like to mention the other aspect of the support that's provided. And, you know, as we talk about this, I think it's important because these are things that home educating parents are looking for. Um, they talk about, you know, wanting accessibility sometimes where You know, because I know you offer a lot of things for free as well. Um, Having the flexibility, uh, looking towards building community, because that's something I hear often coming up. How can I connect with others, knowing what others are doing and resources? Absolutely. That's a big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But the support that you also offer is um, that's something that you're looking for and but that you want to provide for home educating parents, connecting them with others who have kind of lived the same path that are familiar. It's not just, I'm a teacher and I'm going to try and get you to do teachery, schooly things. And that's how we're supporting you. But no, I'm a home educating parent. I'm an unschooling parent and I've been there. And this is how I would like Mm -hmm. to help support you. You're looking for more of that. Am I right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, Actually, we are trying, we're designing a role. Uh, We already have one, one person that we're working with, but we're looking for others uh, we found this kind of trend phenomenon um, that exists in the world, which is um, home educating parents uh, that are, you know, social, outgoing, go getters, often end up like organizing a lot in their community and with their mm-hmm. with other families. Yeah, and they become kind of an informal mentor to a lot of parents who are newer to uh to co-learning and uh some of them kind of make it like um an independent business as an independent consultant because they're like hey people ask me for this so much i must be good at it i should probably charge some money for my time um uh or you know they might lead a co-op or start a co-op or something as a way to um essentially build a profession out of what they are already doing and what they love doing and what they know well. And so we're we're designing a role um, uh, around being a home education coach with us and being able to use our technology tools to help parents develop learning plans for their kids, help operationalize those learning plans using our planner, system and our kanban board Mm -hmm. um and then provide ongoing support to families that essentially would be like a member of their um support network right so um we we're looking for those kind of uh parents who people come to them for advice you know they've thought about hey could i make money doing this and the answer is yes like, and we would like to figure out how to make that possible. So, um, uh, on our website in jobs, there's a role of a home education coach. Uh, and I'm, I imagine that quite a few of your listeners, uh, you know, have had that thought before. Wow. Like I, I could, I could probably make money doing this basically. Um,
0: Okay, that's awesome, and I and I know many are, and because you can still continue to homeschool and do that as well. Oh yeah, you know family and do that. No, but
1: I, it's probably kind of required that right. you would be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: Okay, so I'm going to put so as, a, that. as
1: a matter of fact, um, all, all, all of our teachers and staff members are are home educators uh, or co learners um and I think almost all of them either have them enrolled in our academy or in our home education support program mm-hmm. um and 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 they enjoy access to uh the teachers and the help and support even though they can totally do it themselves like mm-hmm. they you know mm-hmm. uh they appreciate it, which reminds me I don't know this seems like a off topic but One of the things that I hear from parents who totally know what they are doing, like to the point where I'm like, we are learning from you, you are not learning from us, right? Which is kind of everybody. But um, one of the things those parents value the most about having this hybrid, uh, uh, you know, virtual school and support programming for, for home educating parents, the things they enjoy the most. Is having teachers give meaningful feedback and set expectations for quality work, quality assignments, quality. I hate to use the word grading because it's not like grading, mm-hmm. but the, especially as, as kids get older, they start to need to do, you know, more complex projects, writing, art, etc.
0: I think feedback um, is a good word. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, really, it's and uh, they, they, they find that feedback from mom isn't necessarily landing, steering, motivating the way that uh, they would like it to. Mm-hmm. And they really enjoy having a teacher say like, oh, I think you could do better on this. You should mm-hmm. give it another try right? Right. Like they're like, mom's the mom's like, mom's like, see, I told you, you know, (laughs) know? (laughs) right?
0: (laughs) I get it. I get it. Someone outside of the circle. Absolutely. Sometimes has that much, a bit more influence for sure. Okay. Uh, so what I'll do is in the show notes, I'll add that part, that link as well from your website. So you can just go click on that. If you're interested, the jobs link for that too, you're a co-learner. So do you have to be in Arizona to do that?
1: Is that location uh, no. dependent? No, not no, not not location dependent at all.
0: Nope. Okay, perfect. Perfect. So I know I'll get those questions, but I live in Denmark, but I live in somewhere. Yeah. You know, I live in New York. Can I still do this? Okay. Fantastic.
1: Uh, location not a problem. Location cool.
0: not Awesome. So not only are we looking at redesigning the way we support education, learning, co-learning and being more with the present times. We're also offering fantastic working and job opportunities as well, all in one episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, we, hope, we hope so. We hope so.
0: I think that's pretty yeah. fantastic. Okay. So, okay, my cool. last question for you is what? where do you think education in the school system is going? Do you think it's going to realize it needs to adapt more? Do you think it's going to stay as it is, and then other opportunities will – be created outside of the education institution, like CoLearn or other spaces? Or do you think it's just going to all yes. crumble and fall and just implode at one point?
1: Well, you know, there's been a lot of public dialogue about how a lot of colleges will fail and we don't need to go to college anymore. And as far as I can tell, those colleges are still around and people mm-hmm. are still wanting to go um, so I don't think our education system is going to go anywhere anytime soon. There's some real staying power there, Yeah, but, um, I do think education needs a Tesla moment. Right. Um, and, and what I mean by that, and I hope that we are, I, if not the Tesla, a Tesla, um, But what I mean by that is the, the automobile industry knew that they would need to start making different kinds of car, like, you know, fuel efficiency, pollution. They knew battery technology was developing. Mm -hmm. They knew electric cars were possible and they did nothing. As a matter of fact, not only did they do nothing, they kind of like actively tried to stop. Yeah anything that would move the automobile industry in a direction away from the gas guzzlers. They're like, we sell gas guzzlers. We're making a lot of money. Don't mess with it. Right. Tesla came along. And at first it was just a cool sports car that like 500 rich dudes that like 500 rich dudes bought. Right. And then next it was like, you know, an overhyped car and blah, blah, blah. And then eventually it's like, I mean, Tesla is more valuable than any of the other car companies combined, which, uh, shows how much kind of like outsized influence they have. And what happened was the entire auto industry had to be like, man, I guess we should get with the program. Yeah and start making real, affordable electric cars. And the auto industry has. I mean, every major automaker has as one of their major goals, if not their major goal, to roll out electric cars and help the electric grid system. And they didn't want to. They weren't going to change. You could try to regulate them. You could go to a conference and tell them how they need to change. They weren't going to do it. They needed an alternative to come along that everybody said, whoa, right? That blows my mind. And once people started doing that, then the system changed. So I I hope that these co-learning communities, unconventional approaches, parents like you and your listeners are impatient and take matters into their own hands and they build networks and they demonstrate that the kind of work that they're doing is doing right by their family and is helping their kids thrive. And that message gets out there and it makes everybody go, Whoa, we need to change what we're doing. And then I think what will happen is schools will, have to figure out how to be more flexible and hybrid to accommodate co-learning communities, and then they'll reharmonize in like thirty years. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I I agree. I see that. I, I think it's too much of a behemoth behemoth right now for it to for that change to happen right now or quickly. And I think there needs to be an outside stimulus. Um, I think COVID was a start as well because it gave opportunity oh, totally. for people to s- just try something different or be in a different kind of space and mind frame. Um, but that was the beginning for sure. And then, yeah, I think I think that some are but. seeing, oh, we got to shift a little bit, but it's difficult within that structure. What are you going to say? You're like, but. What?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, 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 not. But it's just it's the the thing that will make the difference. Is to be able to change the story mm-hmm. of what's possible, yes. right? And yeah. the thing that the thing that all of your listeners are doing is like in their own way, they're changing the story. Yes. And eventually, yeah. the story is going to get out. Eventually, the story is going to get out there that we have a more cohesive family. My kids are learning more. We have better relationships. Uh, we're in our community more uh they're ahead of the curve on so many different things they're i hate to say this but they're getting into competitive colleges or they're get, they're, they're establishing competitive careers the data's already out there yeah. but no one has told it in a way that like you know tesla came around and said electric cars are possible right mm-hmm we just have to do what we're doing we have to tell our story we have to get the word out and eventually you know the whole world is going to go like whoa let's 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 get on the bandwagon
0: yeah i think that's a perfect way to conclude this michael that was I, I agree yeah absolutely i agree we need to be able to change the narrative change the story and and show hey this is possible this this happened. This is what my kids are like, or this is what we're doing. This is what they're capable of doing. This is where they're at. And we never did anything like school. We didn't do anything like this. We created it this way and did it this way. Yeah, I think that's,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah, create the Tesla. Cool. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I think this All right great. Um, I mean, I would love to talk more about tech and education and how things are evolving or not evolving, but I also think that um, I want to make sure that the links are in the website because I think you offers fantastic opportunities to home educating families. So I encourage you to go to the yeah. show notes or just go to colearn.com, C-O-L-E-A-R-N.com and you can look through the website and see everything that Co-Earn, Colearn supports and offers, including if you get a chance to try the planner and then offer feedback or if you're looking for you know something to supplement and support your life while you're loving your home education life, and you want to help other families and check out their jobs right now as well. Thank you, Michael. Is there anything you want to leave Wes with,
1: or is no? I'm I've, I'm I'm uh, I'm already excited. I got to get back to work. Yes. Some, sometimes you know, sometimes the conversation leads somewhere where it's like that's so inspiring. I better. <laughs> Do
0: that, you know? I feel the same way. Cool. Thank you. All
1: right.
0: Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, leave a review, or comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas, and reflections on the episode. You can go to the website imhomeschooling.com or email me directly, robin at imhomeschooling.com.